0: episode 138 welcome to radical ladies and gents i'm your host shane hazel thank you guys for tuning in i owe you guys a show from last week and so i am here to make it up um, it is going to be the anti-federals paper number 37 factions and the constitution and we've gotten through the internal congruent taxing and all that fun stuff we know uh, that the two uh, this this the state and the federal uh, government been being able to uh to tax you for the same things uh your your income uh, products you name it over and over and over again. We've seen what it's grown into. Uh today, this is the factions and the constitution. It is by a federal farmer. But first, uh, we will get to uh some some admin stuff. If you guys love the show, you can go out to Apple Podcast, leave a review, five stars. I will read it here on the air. I have a new review from a fellow enlightened military veteran. Found Shane is a guest on Tom Wood's show. Also, thank you to Tom Woods for having me on. I'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, listening to him speak has resonated with so many things that I too questions and once believed in. It's really refreshing and motivating seeing people step away from the status quo and say, no, this isn't right, and I'm not going along with this anymore. If you're interested in the liberty movement, give him a listen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that there, CB New York. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, man. And... Um, if you love the show and you got a couple of nickels to rub together, want to throw my way, you can become a patron for as low as a dollar and every little bit helps out. Um, I haven't done a ton of, of this kind of stuff, so uh, that is Radical Pod or uh, Patreon.com slash Radical Pod. You can go there. If you got something to bring to my attention, you can bring it to my attention at um, Shane at RadicalPod.com. And if you want some merchandise, there's merchandise links in the links uh, in the actual show. So if you're looking at pod catchers out there, uh, you'll see links in the description of the show. If you want some merchandise, there's TV or uh, there's T-shirts, there's uh, cups or stickers, whatever, whatever you want. It's out there. And if you got requests or designs or anything like that, that you want me to implement, you can send them all over the place uh, at uh, the same email address, Shane at radicalpod.com. So we're going to get into this one. I think it's a little bit long. Uh, I appreciate you guys out there, Nina Mondo and uh, Beth. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, See you guys. I'm gonna to try to get through this one. If you got questions, uh, maybe I'll come back to these and save them for the end, uh, or anything you want me to address. But uh, drop comments in there, and we'll get to those at the end of the show. So this is uh paper number 37. Like I said, it's uh anti federals and if uh, you're new to the show, I've been covering the anti-federalists since back in uh the rebellion days, and it's just one of those things that I love. It's, it's it if you're one of those people that. Still thinks there's a constitutional United States where the Constitution was an amazing document and you were fed all this bullshit uh, as a child growing up. Um, These are some of the greatest writings that I think can help, you know, give you an easier time understanding that, man, the Constitution was fought against a I mean, just absolutely tooth and nail uh, by a ton of people that didn't want the constitution. They called it an aristocratic combination of uh, people, you know, obviously very wealthy, very connected people out there that um, are all about controlling you through bureaucracy, through law, through government, through corporations, through banking. I mean, all of these different aspects, they called it So many years ago, I mean, over 244 years ago, these guys called it and they called it a coup. They are the Articles of Confederation. What you were told was they didn't work because they were too weak. And that was like the two sentences you got on the Articles of Confederation. So from 1776 uh, to about 1791, uh, when they were adopted, the Constitution was adopted. That's how long America was free for some people you you see that we, we can do better than this america like we can do better than the framers and the founders of the united states of america we can do it so simply i mean to the idea that 244 years ago they wrote some shit down on some parchment and ha- somehow you're obligated to it even when men very well respected hard-working amazing people uh, absolutely said, no man. Fuck this. I don't. I don't need another level of bureaucracy. or government governing my life, and that's what it would turn into. And the amount that they predicted, time after time after time after time, with this kind of thing, you're just sitting there going, like these guys are prophets. These guys called this every step of the way um, up into today, and you're going to see as we go through uh, this one. This, you know, from memory, I remember uh, 37 being. Uh, fairly contentious and also making um, quite a few of the different predictions that you'll see. So, at any rate, without further ado, Anti Federalist Paper number 37 Factions and the Constitution. This is by a federal farmer have just the idea of government before us and to show that a consolidated one is the object in view, it is necessary not only to examine the plan, but also its history and the politics of its particular friends. Yeah, um, context, right? He's just talking just give us some damn context and see who the players are right were they were they manipulating people for you know gain and using force and coercion through banks and government and corporations to do it to consolidate power to to have a monopoly on force as we say in the uh, libertarian party the confederation was formed when a great confidence was placed in the voluntary Exertions of individuals and to the respective states and the framers of it to guard against usurpation so limited and checked the powers that, in many respects, they are inadequate to exigencies of the Union. We find, therefore, members of Congress urging alterations in the federal system almost as soon as it was adopted. It was early proposed to vest congress with powers to levy and impost and to regulate trade etc but such was known to be the caution of the states in parting with power that the vestment even of these was proposed to be under several checks and limitations right the checks and balances like They didn't just give Congress carte blanche, uh, carte blanche power. They were, they were not giving the executive, uh, you know, blank slate to do whatever the hell they want through executive order or nonsense. And then, you know, the, the ridiculous power that the courts have claimed about judicial review under George or uh, uh, Marshall in the early 1800s. Like we have had a bastardized constitutional Republic since the early 1800s, if not sooner than that. And uh, exactly. It is a, David, you're exactly right. It's a circular firing squad. Um, there's no checks and balances. It's just grow power, grow power, grow power all the way around. Hey, high five. You grew power. Hi, high five. You grew power. Like, let's just keep growing our power. And that's where we're at today. During the war, the general confusion and the introduction of paper money infused in the minds of people, vague ideas, respecting government and credit. See, they're already talking about the problems with paper money back then. We have expected too much from the return of peace. And of course, we have been disappointed. Our governments have been new and unsettled in several legislatures by making tender suspicion. And paper money laws have given just cause of uneasiness to creditors. See, like the game is old people. There's a, there's a great uh, book out there. I think it's the history of money by Murray Rothbard. And if you haven't talked or if you haven't ever read it, it, I mean, I say it's great. Like some of you guys are going to be like, Oh, what the hell? Like, who's interested in reading economics? Like when you understand the history of money and economics, like you understand that it's not boring at all. It's how they moved people around the world to do what they wanted them to do up into murdering each other in mass. People who should have been trading in peace, you know, were were made to think that the people that lived in another land and had different customs and different culture were always Bad people. Do you see? Like now that we have the internet and the ability to like reach out to each other, like you see that people in countries aren't bad people. What's the, the problem is is we've got these dictators in between us, these tyrants that have a monopoly on force that want to control our lives using all of these tools and now technology on top of it. So, you know, you've got these double-edged swords you're wielding right now, and you gotta be super careful because when you give power. Hardly ever does power want to give that power back to you, right? Like most of the time in history, it's return with bloodshed and lots and lots of destruction, which I don't want to see ever again. we are in weird times, you know, going in, you know, looking at trying to get some of that power back that they grabbed, especially this last couple of years. By these and other causes, several orders of men in the community have been prepared by degrees for a change of government, and this very abuse of power in the legislatures, which in some cases has been charged upon the Democratic Party of the community, has furnished aristocratical men with those very weapons and those very means, with which, in great measure, they are rapidly affecting their favorite object. And should an oppressive government... Be the consequence of the proposed change, posterity may reproach not only a few overbearing but those parties in the states which have misused their powers, right? Where are we at? Look around, Georgia. Like, look at what is happening right now. The states are pushing back in a lot of places. They're saying, no more. We can't do this anymore. This has got to end this that's that's how it's got to be this has got it and then you've got the 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 parties i mean here in georgia look no further that are i don't know kind of tearing each other apart like the democrats we know who the democrats are at least the democrats most of the time are like yeah we're communists and we're here to take your shit and redistribute it to other people especially government right like that's that's what they do they buy votes with your money through taxation that's that's the democrats they want socialized uh, government if they've read marx they know socialized medicine or socialized government is just a government that is a communist government in the making or it's a transition <sighs> That's what Democrats are. Republicans are their controlled opposition. They're a bunch of cowards with no spines or nuts or anything like that, that, you know, lose even when they are in fucking control. And you're just like, well, you know, fuck Republicans because those guys, they stab you in the back. They're like, Oh, I love gun rights. Right. I love the fourth amendment. You know, I love the right to be secure in your personal property and effects. I love the fact that you've got religion. I love the fact that you want to go out there and protest. Do you? Because I think all but one of them shut down all of that stuff last year uh, when there was a a flu going around that had a 99.9% survival rate. Yeah. And who are people tearing down? People can't stand these guys. Everybody thinks the system is absolutely broken right now. I think most believe that the you know we've got a banana republic on our hands because of the voting and and the spending and everything else. like we are in some shit, and who is who's getting, getting blamed? Democrats and the Republicans. It's definitely not the libertarians. The conduct of the several legislatures touching paper money and tender laws has prepared many honest men for changes in government. Hmm. Are we looking at that now? Are we looking at things like Bitcoin? Are we looking at things in crypto because they've been touching the paper money? They have too many damn tender laws. They have like they're, they're, these people doing these dishonest things. I mean, you look at the, the people on Wall Street shorting stocks. That's this. That's exactly what they're talking about which otherwise they would not have thought of when by the evils on the one hand and by secret instigations of artful men on the other. I'm going to pause, right? Like, do we know who the Fed is? No. Are they secret instigations of artful men? Yes, they are absolutely all of these things. Would you have thought of Bitcoin had, you know, I should say, with the, the, the minds that put Bitcoin together? Had ever thought a Bitcoin had maybe two thousand nine not happened. I mean, we had already had a uh, you know a, a Federal Reserve system since nineteen thirteen. People were using you know paper for money for a long time. I know, obviously, Bretton Woods too. We unpegged from the gold standard, and it changed even more things. Right? People touching money, losing value, debasing a currency, inflation, where your savings are you know worth less tomorrow. Called it over and over and over again. So on the one hand, and by secret instigations of artful men, and on the other, the minds of men were become sufficiently uneasy. A bold step was taken, which is usually followed by a revolution or a civil war. Warning, warning, warning. As we're changing money and as this, this, I don't know, basically the repo market's going to go into overdrive here this is going to be super contentious they're telling you it i've been telling you as soon as the banks come to collect because they're you know lifting the moratorium on people and rent forgiveness and all these things when people from a government and banks and industry fuck with an economy and crush people like they have for the last year and a half And then they come in and say, give us that property back that you couldn't make the house note on. Holy man. Are you kidding? Do you think that people are going to just be like, sure, I'll get out. I'll leave. Like, no, man, you crushed some, I don't know, 50 million people's livelihoods. You think they are people's, I mean things that they had worked their entire lives to develop, to, to produce, to, to nurture, to foster, to limp along. I mean, blood, sweat, and tears go into starting small businesses. And you think that when this all just comes to bear on these people that they're just going to be like, yeah, you know what? Here you go. Take it bank, Right? Like, You guys created money out of thin air. You bailed out banks. You bailed out corporations. The government never, ever missed a fucking paycheck. And now the savings that they do have are going to be worthless because of hyperinflation. And money's going to change. Like, it's already changing. Like, people are already moving to, to, to hedge their money in cryptocurrency, in gold, and silver, in, in land. I mean, you look at what's going on. Like, this is usually followed by a revolution. These guys knew history. They, they saw it. It's a warning. Right now is the time when you need to be absolutely calling for peace. Because peace gives us time. And time is safety. And the more people that we can have here, the ideas of liberty before then. Man, it's just natural decentralization. You know, probably down to like a almost a county level for a while, maybe a city level, even smaller, right? Like, hey, these are the things that we can get back to bedrock on. Man, you want to talk about the a giant leap in freedom. Get back to your city where things are controlled, your county where things are controlled, sheriffs, mayors working together with people, saying, eh, you know, maybe we should back off all the bullshit and leave people alone and really just deal with the heinous crimes. You want to talk about a a force multiplier for freedom and liberty. If you can get to that point peacefully without going into a civil war in some places, I definitely recommend it. A general convention for more, for mere commercial purposes has moved for the authors of this measure that saw that the people's attention was turned solely to the amendment of the federal system. And that. Had the idea of a total change been started, probably no state would have appointed members to the convention. What he's saying is, if this thing can be amended, if this isn't a rock solid agreement, uh, I don't think that this this thing is going to go anywhere, right? Like this isn't, this is done. The idea of destroying ultimately the state government and forming one consolidated system could not have been admitted a convention therefore merely for vesting in congress power to regulate trade was proposed this was pleasing to the commercial towns and the landed people had little or no concern about it in september of 1786 a few men from the middle states met at annapolis and hastily proposed a convention to be held in may it's important he's saying he's he's adding context there he's saying it was hastily proposed at annapolis like if you have any idea of history and, and what that area entailed, it was aristocratic. It was naval, it was seafaring. It was trade-driven and and you know corporate-driven in terms of shipmaking and all these other things that were very coastal types of enterprises at the time. And so hastily, they said, "Hey, you know, there ought to be a convention." And when you get powerful people moving, other powerful people um, for their own benefit, at ripping off you know the regular man and woman blue collar, man. Like sometimes these guys move with the purpose to say, you know what? I value money over principle and this is what it's going to be. Generally, generally, for amending the confederation so that was proposed in 1786 uh, to have a convention in May of 1787 uh, for amending the confederation at the time this was done before the delegates of Massachusetts and of the other states arrived still not a word was said about destroying the old constitution and making a new one so they're brought into the convention under false promise to begin with right What's new? Nothing. Nothing new under the sun. The state's still unsuspecting and not aware that they were passing the Rubicon appointed members to the new convention for the sole and express purpose of revising and amending the Confederation and... Probably not one man in 10,000 in the United States till within these 10 or 12 days had an idea that the old ship was to be destroyed and be put to alternative of embarking and a new ship presented or of being left in danger of sinking. More, more important language. What he's talking about is basically a corporation state right like incorporating a state a vessel is in in terms of you know civil law and 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 Admiral law and all this like it's 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 different it's different types of understanding and when they're talking about a vessel they're talking about the united states being a corporation and changing the old constitution to this it's very very important in in terms of the way you look at a, a you know, a country, and then to be a part of a corporation. You ever, Do you ever think of yourself as an employee of the corporation? Like, you kind of just owe your allegiance to this corporation that you never got hired by, you never signed shit with. Like, it's kind of a weird thing. And if you don't think it was a weird thing, go read Lysander Spooner. You'll think it's weird after that. The states, I believe, universally supposed the convention would report alterations in the confederation which would pass an examination in congress and after being agreed to there would be confirmed by all the legislatures or have the first man i'm sorry or be rejected virginia made a very respectable appointment and placed at its head the first man in america in the appointment there was a mixture of political characters but pennsylvania appointed principal the, principally, those men who were esteemed and aristocratical. Of course, they did, Right? Why? Why do people appoint people who are esteemed and aristocratical? Well, for one thing, they probably know more people, right? And they can move people with money in their th- their industries alone, right? Or within their media, or within their banks, or within their you know their government. Like that's how this starts, it's how it works, it's how it's always worked, it's how it's not working today. Here in the favorite moment for changing, the government was evidently discerned by a few men who seized it with address. Ten other states appointed, and though they chose men principally connected with commerce and the Judicial Department, yet they appointed many good Republican characters. Had they all attended, we should now see I am persuaded a better system presented the non-attendance of eight or nine men who were appointed members of the convention. I shall ever consider as very unfortunate as a very unfortunate event to the United States. Had they, I shall ever consider as a very unfortunate event of the United States. Boy, this thing is uh, jumping around. Had they attended, had they attended I am pretty clear that the results of the convention would not have had that strong tendency to aristocracy now discernible in every part of the plan. So, I mean, from the very beginning, they're talking about this being an aristocratical takeover, right? Like an, an aristocratic takeover of the country. And they're pissed off about it, man. They're very concerned about this thing. There would not have been so great an accumulation of powers, especially as to the internal police of the country. Few hands, as the Constitution reported, proposes to vest in them, the young visionary men and the consolidating aristocracy would have been more restrained than they have been. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you think was happening back then? people being appointed uh, into, you know, army and things like that through a new constitution. And I mean, let's face it, you, you look at Westward expansion, man, it was not pretty. Uh, There was a ton of people out there, you know, Indians, uh, homesteaders, whoever, that if they got in the way of the Westward expansion, uh, which, you know, gave way to corporations like the railroad and the rest of this stuff, you know, that, that followed, right? Like, this is this is what they did. They they put together this consolidation of power and said, hey, you know what? We can do a lot with this. We can do a lot with a monopoly on force. And what do they do? They expanded westward as fast as they damn could, taking life, liberty and property from a lot of people who were very established on land for a very long time. Eleven states met in the convention. And after four months close attention presented the new constitution to be adopted or rejected by the people. The uneasy and fickle part of the community may be prepared to receive any form of the government. Huh? It's it's always existed. Uneasy and fickle, fearful, right? People who can be fairly easily manipulated, fickle, that kind of thing. Uneasy, scared. Yeah. I mean, look at what they're ready to adopt communism, even though communism, socialism, and most other isms have killed the shit out of people for a long, long, long time and huge numbers. But I presume the enlightened and substantial part will give any constitution presented For their adoption, a candid and thorough examination. We shall view the convention with a proper respect and at the same time that we reflect there were men of abilities and integrity in it. We must recollect how disproportionately the democratic and aristocratic parts of the community were represented. I wonder why like democratic, right? Like Democrat doesn't like even back then democratic always meant kind of mob rule like all right, the people's choice. Wasn't a republic quite yet. It was democratic, and when they talk about people having mob rule, like we've said before on this show, like mob rule is gang rape. Period. End of story. A lot of people don't like hearing it, but that's what democracy is, where fifty-one percent of the people get to tell the other forty-nine percent what their rights are, uh, what they can, what they can't do with their life, liberty, and property, and it is a disaster, absolute disaster. Free trade. When you get there far enough, volunteerism is an amazing type of structure. I'm just saying. Perhaps the judicious friends and opposers of the new constitution will agree that it is best to let it rely solely on its merits and be condemned for its defects. See, even back then, they didn't think the constitution was perfect, right? This is a very important thing because a lot of times I think some people think that the Constitution is almost damn near infallible. I was one of them. I was one of those people that when I learned the Constitution and I learned the Federalists, I was like, damn, these guys are smart. And then I read these guys and I was just like, oh, they're way smarter. And holy shit, they called it right. Like and they didn't ever talk about them in the murder cult indoctrination camps for the youth. What are they hiding? The subject of consolidating the states in a new and because 40 or 50 men have agreed in a system to suppose the good sense of this country, right? Like you're all in because these dudes an enlightened nation must adopt it without examination. This is a slight, like what he's doing is saying an enlightened nation, right? Like they're saying, if you're enlightened, trust the science, right? Trust the science. If you're enlightened, you'll adopt this without examination. And that's what the federalists wanted. They didn't want this thing to be examined and pushed through a process where more and more people could read it and see it for what it was on their lives, which was another level of government. And though in a state of profound peace without endeavoring to amend those parts they perceive are defective, dangerous to freedom and destructive to the valuable principles of the Republican government is truly humiliating it is true there may be danger and delay but there is danger in adopting the system in its present form and i see the danger in either case will arise principally from the conduct and views of two very unprincipled parties and the united states two fires between with the honest and substantial people have long found themselves situated two Very unprincipled parties. The danger will arise. I mean, there's a reason they don't teach this shit. And I know I say it in every episode, but I mean, if if kids learned in middle school and they started calling these people unprincipled and they said, Hey man, they said this stuff back then I'll teach your kids you want your kids to know real history? I'll teach your kids. Sorry for the salty language. But um, I think there it's something it's also important to be able to sit there and have a very frank, real discussion about what, what history is and also have the right reaction to it. That we've been taught for too long that being politically correct is the right way to be if we're going to talk about history. I think it's bullshit. I think that these people are murderers and thieves and to not call them what they are and what they have done to mankind for hundreds of years just in this country I think does a a, a huge disservice to our posterity to our kids to their kids for everybody the true the reaction to that I think is absolutely you know, worth talking about. I mean, when we're talking about reaction videos, you have maybe... <laughs> here's an idea. If you're, if you're into making videos, man, uh, have reaction videos to people talking you know, in, in politics at this time. I mean, you want to talk about disgusting people. They're disgusting. One party is composed of little insurgents, men in debt who want no law and who want a share of the property of others. These are called revelers. And the other party is composed of a few but more dangerous men with their servile dependents. These, uh, he's, uh, I'm going to look this one up guys. Cause this is sometimes avariciously, I think is the, uh, the way you say, it. I want to be sure though. Avariciously love you. Internet definition, uh, synonyms. Yeah. Wealthy of gain and greed. Aversely, grasp at all the power and property you may discover, and all of the actions that these men an evident dislike to free and equal government, and they will go systematically to work to change essentially the forms of government in this country. These are called aristocrats, monarchists, etc. I I love these guys. I mean. Are you kidding me like what i'm i know i'm a dork it's ridiculous um but it's like hey you can share this kind of stuff you can share you know how out in the open plain as damn day this kind of stuff is with friends and family who are you know who are still absolutely in love with the constitution and the fact that they think we're a constitutional republic and not a post constitutional republic a long a long time ago right like just hey here it is And you might actually even have fun learning this from a guy who kind of knows it cold between these two parties is the weight of the community, the men of middling property, men not in debt on the one hand and men on the other hand, content with Republican governments and not aiming at immense fortunes, offices and powers in 1786, the little insurgents and I'm going to stop here because I, I, you know, to, to notice this little thing is kind of, you know, not only these two parties in the community, but the middling property, right? Like, I would kind of consider myself one of these people, probably a libertarian. Between the two parties uh, is the weight and the middling men, right? The men not in debt, right? Uh, and not aiming at immense fortunes, offices, and power. I don't want any of these things. I know I run for office. I know some people are like, oh, you know, he wants power. No, I don't, I don't even really want the office or immense fortunes. I, I being comfortable is good, but to be able to give back through charity to lift other people when you get comfortable and what I mean, and I, this is subjective is like, I know some people would consider, um, you know, a little bit of wealth in America. Absolutely. The the most amazing thing they'd ever seen and be, you know, consider people extremely rich and and not so big a place is just because of all of the little stuff that they have. The, you know, the, the running water, the electricity and all that kind of stuff. The. The idea here that, you know, these two sides have always kind of been these two sides, like there's a lot of people in the industry that, you know, libertarians are like, yeah, they're, that's great. We should be talking about, you know, free trade and all this kind of stuff, but it's all all often, I think probably been taken for granted for that long is that, um, sometimes the Republican form of type of government, um, has a lot of backing from, you know, the, the very small middle ground, which are libertarians in 1786, the insurgents and revelers came forth and invaded the rights of others and attempted to establish governments according to their wills. Their movements evidently gave encouragement. To the other party, which in 1787 has taken the political field and with its fashionable dependence and the tongue and the pen, it's endeavoring to establish in great haste, a politer kind of government. Ah, PC. You can't talk about murder and thieves in the presence of gentlemen and women, right? It's not uh, It's not proper to accuse uh, one's foe. You know what I call I, I call it. Cowardice. Like, that's what it is. It's cowardice in the most plain and simple language. Polite. Two parties, which will probably be opposed or united as it may suit their interests. Bipartisanship, anybody? And views are really insignificant compared with a solid, free, and independent part of the community. That's all of you. Still. You guys just get together and unite and stop... You know, hating each other over dumb things and dividing each other over dumb things, man, you're way more powerful at minimum. You could get them to leave you alone. You could get these people to leave you alone at the end of the day if you unite. That sounds pretty good to me right now, man. Just leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) You Democrat, you Republican, you Libertarian, you Independent, Green Party, I don't give a damn what you are. Can we agree? Like, hey, can we agree? Can we come together for five fucking seconds and just say, hey, man, I'll leave you alone. You leave me alone. Cool. You cool over there. I'm cool over here. These people suck, man. Let's just say no for a while. Let's just say nah, No, we're good. Like a decade. That would be amazing to sit there and just say, hey, hey you know what? Let's do this. Let's give it a decade and see if shit isn't better. Guarantee you they'd mess with us, but things because of the Internet would be so much better than they used to be. It is not my intention to suggest that either of these parties and the real friends of the proposed constitution are the same men. The fact is these aristocrats support and hasten the adoption of the proposed constitution merely, merely because they think it is a stepping stone to their favorite object, which I'm going to guess is power. I think I am well founded in this idea I think the general politics of these men support it, as well as the common observation among them that the preferred plan is the best that can be got at present, it will do for a few years and lead to something better. The sensible and judicious part of the community will carefully weigh all the circumstances they will view. The late convention, as a respectable body of men, America probably never will see an assembly of men or of a like number, more respectable, more respectable people devising a way to deprive you of life, liberty, and property. I think we can do better because I think we don't need respectable men. I don't. I don't give a shit. I don't think that anybody's perfect, first and foremost. Nobody's perfect. So the, the idea to put people up on a pedestal in the first place, I I don't know. I don't get it. I don't trust man, you know, and so I cannot trust him with power, especially the monopoly on violence over others. I can't do it. But the members of the convention met without knowing the sediments of one man and 10,000 in these states respecting the new ground taken. Their doings are but the first attempts in the most important scene ever opened. Though each individual in the state conventions will not probably be so respectable as each individual in the federal convention, yet as the state conventions will probably consist of 1,500 or 2,000 men of abilities and versed in the science of government, collected from all parts of the community and from all others of men. It must be acknowledged that the weight of respectable will be in them and them will be collected the solid sense and the real political character of the country being revisers of the subject. They will possess peculiar advantages to say, and maybe I stop there peculiar advantages. Like what? Like, Making money on what's about to come through because of legislation, because of bureaucracy, because of whatever it is that they've authorized at your expense. To say that these conventions ought not to attempt coolly and deliberately the revision of the system or they cannot amend it is very foolish or very assuming. The federal farmer. That concludes Anti Federalist number 37. We're about 42 minutes into this, so I will uh, stick around for a few questions and things like that. But, uh, man, I mean, I told you, like, the, the Anti Federalist, man, if you need a reason to seek peace and liberty and free markets, to divorce yourself from the idea that America and the Constitution were ever put in forth you know put forth by overwhelmingly good men think again we'll do better like we can do so much better now and i'm not saying that you know you do better by forming another federal government i'm saying that when the local area has their hands on the people who are and who are neighbors and friends and family with people in that county in that city that they can reach out and touch that, that they can have cool collected conversations with that's where you find freedom that's where you find a much simpler way of life where people are left to their passion that you know when when fostered can grow genius and when g- we have more genius man we have a a better human condition all around. Nobody's going to sit here and argue that technology ha- isn't a double-edged sword. But I'm telling you right now, yeah. a lot of people on Earth are living a lot better lives, even in a pandemic. For God's sakes, um, than than these men ever even dreamt about in the uh, in the late 1700s. So. Anyway, let's see. What does this one say? Ron, stop teaching people how government steals from us. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, they hate competition. And uh, let's see. David Wayne says, and they start coming for people's weapons on top of that if they had their way. Yeah, they would. And a lot of people would be breaking that point. I, I definitely, uh, David, I, I totally agree with that, man. Uh, absolutely. Um, this has been, you know, an extremely eye-opening couple of years I think for a lot of people and this is the moment where libertarians have been sitting going man when this comes it's going to hurt for 50 years like seriously libertarians have been talking about this for 50 years and everybody's like they're crazy man they don't know what they're doing they you know they just they're end of cannabis and like it's the furthest it's it's the most I don't know childish I think this is the most childish response to what a libertarian is. If if that's your response that like, you know, there are Republicans that like to smoke cannabis, man, like you're you're in that crowd that I'm just going to sit there and say, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're childish. And we're talking about anti-federalists and we're talking about Rothbard and we're talking about Austrian economics. And, you know, we've been talking about this for 50 years. You know, it's it's not because we want to be right, man. It's because we're sitting there going, there's a better way and there's a more peaceful way and you don't have to waste your time and life on, you know, politics at every level with these people, this hatred, this, you know, dysfunctional, you know, ridiculous moronic society that we're living in right now. It's just like, man, when, when you're freer, people tend uh, to be smarter. They tend to operate on a you know, a, a fail fast type of lifestyle and failing fast is something that America needs to be doing again. I mean, I look around and I'm traveling around lately and this is, you know, maybe me just talking at the, the end of this show this is like, you know, can't get people to go back to work. And that's a weird thing, man. Like it's really odd that, you know, this, this whole thing is passed and Trust me, I know when I mean when they when they mess with the economy, like all bets are off. I mean, none of it makes sense. But you know, to to see how many people are, you know, are out of work and how many jobs there are out there and, and, and a demand. That's the thing, is there's a demand out there for a lot of products and a lot of services right now and you're just seeing this thing fade, man, you're, you're looking around the country. I mean, if you haven't been to third world countries where shops are closed and malls are you know mostly shut down and I mean, you know, things are in disrepair and it's, I mean, I look around and I see that in America. I see, you know, shuttered buildings. I see shuttered shops. I see, you know, people that don't, you know, have enough people to work for them everywhere I go from like, I don't know, maybe the the grocery store or the car wash or whatever it is out there. It's just like people aren't showing back up, uh, to make, you know, minimum wage, right? Like it's, it's a really amazing thing that people are even saying that, you know, like, you know, people got stimulus checks, you know, through this, uh, through the shutdown and it was free. Somebody said that to me the other day, and I was just like, How are like, boy to, to talk like that in in a in a place that's gonna be recorded in all time, um, and to show your your lack of understanding of basic economics. Like, no, man, like it's not free. First of all, it you know, it's a tax on people who have savings because inflation is going to hit, hyperinflation is going to hit. It's all coming super hard and super fast right now, and that's going to rob people of their savings. So, you know, you know, it's it's not free. It's going to cost people. And to the other side of that, and it's like, okay, man, if you can just print money from thin air, like, why don't you? Why doesn't the government just take requests? Why don't they? Why aren't they just taking requests of money that people need? If it doesn't matter and they can just do it, and there's there's no cost associated with it, then what's stopping you? Some guy blocked me the other day for asking those questions. I mean, literally, blocked me for asking some questions about economics. I didn't. I try not to call names on on Twitter or anything else. I I do use some salty language. It's just the way I am. It's the way I'm always going to be. Um, but man, I'll tell you what. These guys, little economics little Rothbard a little Mises Institute for you guys I'm telling you it's not that far off and the more you learn, the more you'll be like this and eventually you'll just get to the point where you're just trying to help other people see it it's not uh it's not for power it's uh so that you can be left alone at the end of the day so at any rate man it's uh, we're forty nine minutes into it as a uh as a makeup show I think it was uh that was pretty good I'll give it four and a half out of five. Anyway, um, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. I really appreciate you guys. Um, uh, I hope you're doing well out there. I know times are kind of nuts right now. I, I don't think they're going to get less nuts for a little while. I do see the narrative crumbling. Um, and I will tell you, be careful. Be be cognizant. Leave space. Leave time. Um, you know, take some precautions in terms of... I'll tell you right now. I would, I, I would definitely tell you that you should probably go to the store and get prepared again. You should look at I've heard rumblings that next week um, they're going to try to do a, a federal shutdown and see here's the thing is that even if they're partly successful, right? Let's just say they get 25 of the 50 states. I don't care if they even just get 10. There's going to be disruptions. There's this I mean this could cause some some tempers to boil over. This could be the straw and you know I'm not saying it's going to be but I'm telling you boy, you know, we're ripe right now as the narrative is falling apart and they want to try to shut people down again while cases, I used cases, but deaths from COVID are kind of really, you know, we're through it, man. And everybody sees it. It's like, all right, we might disagree on vaccines and stuff, but you can't really disagree about the number of people that are dying from, you know, the the Delta variant right now. It just seems like it's, you know, more contagious and not more deadly. So go out and get prepared, man. You know, if have got you know, a, a deep freezer or whatever, you need some dry goods like salt and stuff like that. I mean, be smart about what you're doing. Um, and if you haven't started anywhere, there's a, a number of awesome books and, and maybe that's a, a podcast, um, I need to have, maybe I can find myself, uh, a more, even more prepared person. Um, that has been doing this for a while. Cause I'll tell you right now, like some of the stuff that I'm learning about homesteading that I'm going to share with you guys, like it's, it's really cool. And I think um, a lot of you guys are going to dig that kind of stuff, but um, maybe I can get a, uh, a great homesteader on the show. And if you know anybody uh, maybe uh, tag me in some, uh, in some posts online. And if I see them, maybe we can get in touch. But at any rate, I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week until then. I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take just that.